0: Sometimes I feel I don't know, I don't know. Buona giornata, buona serata, buona giornata. There's not really time to relax and take an espresso for Juventus. <laughs> you don't have to a about this. You, you? you don't have to get about this. You, you? Attaccare! Attaccare!
1: <laughs> what an enthusiastic intro to today's uh, show.
2: It's been how many days now? Three days. Three and a bit days now, actually, since that fateful morning or evening in Palermo. Um, Hello, yes, you're listening to the Euro Show here on FNR. <laughs> um, I'm still not over it. And I know this sounds like more like, you know, like I'm sitting on the couch of therapy right now and talking about how, you know, how upset I am about all this. But my word, I still can't believe it. I still can't believe that Italy are not going to the World Cup again. Again. You know, again. And it is absolutely painful. So I thought... Today, it's, it's not necessarily we're going to talk about the actual match. We're going to have a eulogy to the European champions who fell just oh so painfully. Um, we're going to let Andrea Bocelli do the work from here and we're going to sit back and listen. Um, Josh, I know that you were amongst the Macedonian fans on Friday morning and you had a great morning.
1: They were up and about, Nick. They were up and
2: about at BT Connor Reserve.
0: You know, as that
2: game wore on, I knew it was going to happen. It was like, if the goal doesn't come soon, they're going to jag this somehow. They're going to jag this somehow. And you know when you watch a goal and it seems like it's happening in slow motion? Mm. So when the long ball came and it fell to Trankovsky my heart dropped because I knew what was happening next and the second it came off his boot and it flew past Donnarumma there was this moment it was probably about five seconds but it felt like ten minutes um where I just dropped my head into my hands and um there was like nothing on my phone at all at that point Mm. but then everyone caught up and my phone just went (laughs) gangbusters I can't even describe to you the messages I was getting, Josh. And, uh, I went straight in the settings. I muted every app. <laughs> every app. And, oh my goodness, it was... I, I couldn't process it. I was like, this is... This is nuts! <laughs> How? Like, nine eight 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 months ago. Almost nine months ago, you know. Me and then Lockie Flanagan, who's out there and... and About, I don't know, 7,000 other people were congregating on Ligon Street, celebrating, downing the English, winning
0: the European Championship. And now we're not even going to the frickin' World Cup. (laughs) Again. Again! (laughs) Again! We haven't won a knockout game since the final of 2006. We've won one game since then. (laughs) We went out in the group stage in 2010. We went out in the group stage in 2014. We got humbled by Sweden. <laughs> and then we lost against Macedonia and Palermo. We had 30 shots. They had three.
1: <laughs> 32 shots.
0: 32 shots. <laughs> but I only had an open goal. Like, what was he doing? It was like... like that, what was a, just, that was a
1: gift. Just... And when that gift was not accepted, you knew something, something yeah. was in the air.
0: Like... Why do you just not put your bloody foot through it, for God's sake? Just smack it, for God's sake! Bang the ball in the in back, of, back the net. of the net, Domenico. Come on, like just bang that ball <laughs> in. And um,
2: yeah, I I don't know what else to say. I'm, you're out of words. Yeah, I, I got. I, I thought I was over it. Mm. I spent Friday at home all day. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to talk to anyone for a while, but then it became like this period. It was like the stages of grief. So there was the processing element of just me... Of the denial of, of me, isolating yourself. Of me laying in bed, literally processing this entire period, to then becoming speaking to every Italian fan possible and anyone who would listen about what went wrong, what we need to do to go forward. Yeah, get that stupid filter off. <laughs> I mean, everything that you could possibly think
0: of... Everything that you could possibly think of went wrong. Everything... And now, you know, oh, just...
2: And then, yeah, I, I, I thought it was all gone and I go to work yesterday, I'm in the box and had to sit next to Jay Lynch for seven hours and he was giving it to me on and off. <laughs> I had to keep getting reminded. Pakur walks in and goes, how are you feeling, Nick? And I'm like, I'd just forgotten about it, Pakur. I go out to lunch with my family on Sunday and I have family members who I had no idea even like the beautiful game saying oh, you guys are going to the World Cup again?" I'm not on. You got to bring that up. I am I'm upset. <laughs> I'm so upset. I I don't know what to say. Actually, no, I've got a lot to say about where this national team is going and all the issues and everything that went wrong, but mm. my f- Excuse my language. My god, it was shambolic. But you know what? Josh, mm You were at BT Conor Reserve. I was. And I got to say, as I said last week, if Macedonia beat Italy, I want Macedonia now to go all the way and make the World Cup. And I couldn't help but watching those videos, I couldn't help but smile at that because it was nice to see that moment amongst Mm. the fans, see how happy they were and everything else. And for, for a small nation achieving such a big, big feat, it was still pretty cool in that aspect, but it just had to happen against us. You have no idea how, how the mood of the room
1: shifted over the course of the 90 minutes. <laughs> Everyone was bleary-eyed early in the morning. Yeah. You know, a lot of them are going to off going off to work straight afterwards. You know, it's a big commitment. Yeah, it is a you big know, commitment. Some, some of the old blokes were sinking beers, but the most people were on the coffees and the egg yeah. and bacon rolls. And there was a sense of kind of despondency of... Uh, you know, we're very scared about this game. They weren't getting the hopes up. They were scared of of Ooh. getting the hopes up. And I think there was a moment in the late in the, in the first half where they actually got a shot on target. Yeah. And I had a static cam on the crowd. And uh, one guy, Zorin, who does the uh, tech stuff uh, for us there, was celebrating. He was actually punching the air in the background because uh, it was a shot on target. He just thought that was as good as it was going to get that morning. Yeah. Uh, but... As the second half went longer and longer and longer and Italy kept missing chance after chance after chance, there was just a sense of we could actually do this. We just need one. We just need one moment. And if you look at the stats, yes, Italy obviously dominated. 66% possession. 565 passes to just over 300 for Macedonia. 32 shots to four. But... The XG per shot was is exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. So Macedonia, the chances that they did generate... Were bloody good
2: chances. Were Actually, no, they weren't good chances. No, just Italy's chances were it, not good. It, it, it's a reflection of just how poor a lot of the Italy shots actually were. They were
1: peppering the goal from outside the area, but there were only a couple of clear-cut chances in the whole lot. Mm. They did enough to win, I think, in, on most days. You know, XG of two should, should get you at least one goal on most days. But, uh, you know, Friday wasn't that day. And Macedonia through Tchaikovsky, who could have signed for Melbourne victory in the offseason, would That's you believe? That's right, yeah. He was linked with the club. They went for Majorta instead. Isn't that symbolic? <laughs>
2: Quite symbolic. Well, I don't know if he turned
1: them down or they turned <laughs> but him like down. It's like it's
2: symbolic. The, Mas- the Italian signed over the Macedonian in the end. And the Macedonian, <laughs> it is, then it that is. player then goes on to knock off Italy. And you've got
1: a, you've got an Italian who can't hit the side of a barn door and this versus this lethal
2: goal scorer from well outside the penalty. Can I just add, this is not the first time he's done this to Italy because <clears> in the last qualification phase, he scored a late equaliser in Turin, which knocked Italy out of top spot in that group. Mm. So Italy had to go through the playoffs. Funnily enough, Trankovsky is a former Palermo player as well. <laughs> he knows where the goals are, mm, Lorenzo Barbera. He does. Um, but you mentioned a good point, Josh. I saw a lot of people saying on Twitter, oh my God, how did we not score? We have 30 plus chances. Barberardi, you know, not putting his foot through that ball. Italy barely created a good chance. Hmm. There were a lot of near misses Yeah, and balls swung across the six-yard box. And, and no one connection. will get, there was like, no one making a late run. You know, mm. there was a lot of, you know, just terrible, terrible play inside the box. And that summed up Italy to a T. Italy were shocking. Shocking. Their mentality was shocking going into the game. I remember reading stuff saying, they're not going to play Chiellini and Bonucci because they're going to rest them for Wednesday. The same attitude they had heading into Sweden. Oh, we're going to knock off Sweden. We're going to be fine. No worries. Like, yeah, we'll go to Stockholm and get a nil-nil draw. We'll go back to Milan and we'll be fine. We'll get there. Don't worry about it. We're Italians. We like to make things more dramatic. What happened there? Conceded a deflected goal in Stockholm. Go back to Milan. Pepper the goals there. And don't score. Miss Russia. They come here. After the Euros, like before the Euros, their qualification phase was flawless. They were playing some brilliant football. After that, complete complacency. First game after the Euros, draw against Bulgaria at home. Italy never dropped points at home. That's one thing you got to remember. Mm. Italy losing a qualification game at home is a... Like losing that game, it was the first qualification game they've lost. They've actually lost at home in years. And as well, you look at the games leading into that. The two Switzerland games, Jorginho missing penalties... Jorginho not putting his ego aside in that game in Rome, deciding to take the ball off Berardi and skying it over the bar when he really shouldn't have been taking that penalty. And then they go into this game. And I remember after, you know, the Northern Ireland draw and a lot of the pundits saying, I think it was actually Del Piero who said it. He was on ESPN and he goes, we'll get there. He goes, there's problems. We'll get there. as, as, As I alluded to earlier, we're Italians. We Mm. like to make things more dramatic. We do it the Italian way. You saw how he won the World Cup. You saw how he won the Euros. We love to do it the dramatic way. That's not an excuse. Mm. That's actually trying to, you know, come up with some sort of cop-out. Oh, we love the story. No, it's just crap football. And to be honest, you know, maybe the Euros was a bit of a false dawn. I thought Italy played well at the Euros. They rode the wave of emotion. They played some brilliant football in some of those games. But in the knockout phase, they only won one game in 90 minutes. Austria went to extra time. Spain went to penalties. Mm. England went to penalties. They probably should have beaten England and Austria in normal time. They had the chances to win those games. But against, against Spain, they were peppered, man. Against Belgium, that was the only game in that period where they actually looked like the dominant team. So you look at this game against Macedonia, you think about the bad attitude, you think about the selections. We're not even talking about just some of the terrible selections. Let's talk. Let's talk Mancini and his inflexibility. That's the number one thing about it. He sticks to this four-three-three, which is uh, which has a very predictable sort of game style. They love to go down the wings. They love to get crosses into the box. They try and play Chiro Immobile as a hold-up striker, which does not work. And we've learned that for a very long time. There's an over-reliance on Veratti to create and also on Barella to make late runs. And Barella has been in the worst form of his career over the past few weeks. Insigne has been out of form. Immobile, despite scoring in Serie A stats pads against the worst teams, doesn't do much else, doesn't play well in a front three as a low number nine. He decides to go with his favourites from the Euros as well, with guys like Alessandro Florenzi at right back, who is Milan's number two right back, while their number one right back, Davide Calabria, is at home. Doesn't even get selected at all. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. He picks... I know this is real low-bearing fruit, and I don't want to say Donnarumma's a bad goalkeeper, but Donnarumma has been in terrible form. I mean, he was... Horrendous form. Responsible for PSG's... Champions League and he was responsible for that goal as well. His positioning was abhorrent. He was caught completely off guard. Mm. And you think about how he's been playing for PSG. I know it would be rich to say, oh, they should have started somebody else. But for God's sake, he was not up for it. They play Gianluca Mancini, who is not a very... I'm being brilliant. Really he's not a great centre-back. And he got caught out. Jorginho's defensive... I don't know what he was doing for that goal, letting the ball bounce. Like, that is some of the worst play I've seen from a number six ever. And I, I rate Jorginho very highly. You know I've had mm. arguments about Jorginho v. Declan Rice plenty of times. Mm. But some of his defensive flaws really came to the surface in that. Mm. But the, the living and dying by the 4-3-3 is what concerned me the most. The game was on the line and something needed to be changed. Maybe throw another number nine and partner Immobile up with, with someone else, which, hey, it would actually work didn't do that. He turns to, you know, guys like Jal Pedro for his first game. I like Jal Pedro, don't get me wrong, but this wasn't this wasn't, you know, the sort of game you want to be throwing him in. He should have started someone like Lorenzo Pellegrini or Sandro Tonali ahead of Barella. He didn't. Barella dropped a a, a disaster class. Mm. And, you know, just this this sticking with the guys, his his trusted troops, despite how poorly they've been playing at league level, just sums up Mancini's sort of flaws as a manager. I think Mancini should stay on. That's one thing I want to make very clear. I think that he should stay on and be given the opportunity to, to wipe the slate clean. The plan to potentially bring in Cannavaro and Marcello Lippi as the technical director is a terrible idea. I don't rate Cannavaro as a manager at all cause I just don't think he's proven himself yet. I think, you know, if you're going to replace Mancini, the only guy that can come in to replace Mancini, for me, there's only two people, Roberto De Zerbi or bringing back Antonio Conte. You're not bringing back anybody else. If you want to get wins... Stefano Pioli. I don't want him leaving Milan. Uh Anyways. <laughs> but, 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 but you know, he's put, that he's element put, out he's of put it. the case forward. He's put the case forward as Which well. Which we didn't think was going to be the case no. when he signed for no. line. but he's really turned his reputation yeah. around. But the thing is, it's like this living and dying by that system ultimately came back to bite them. And the selections and everything else, I know that if they had Scamacca, who was injured, that didn't help them. I know they had some other players out too. But, Jesus Christ, you just could see the attitude wasn't there. I thought if Italy got an early goal, I thought, Great, they'll they'll get an early goal and this game will be over. Like they they will mm. wipe the floor with Macedonia if they get that early goal. But you knew the longer the game went on, the more frustrated they got, and you could see it happening. And if it wasn't going to happen, then it was probably going to happen in extra time. If it didn't have an extra time, I reckon they would have stuffed it in penalties. So you know what? They 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 have basically been the masters of their own downfall in this in this instance, and I don't know what's going to happen going forward heading into twenty twenty four. I don't think Italy need the clean-out like they needed after the Sweden disaster because they had a lot of players move on, guys like De Rossi and Buffon. They need, though, however, in some areas, to really look at moving some guys on. I'm talking Chiro Immobile. I'm talking Giorgio Chiellini. I think the reliance on a 37-year-old at centre-back, if you're still relying on him and not standing the keys... What was that, sorry? He didn't start No, this no, game. but I think like Chiellini, Bonucci, I think they need to move past. They need to find a new centre-back pairing from somewhere. Bastoni. And... Well, this was going to be
1: the last go-round in Qatar this year. Yeah, oh, I think Bonucci
2: would have gone again. He's still 34, but I think relying on him as the guy, I think they've got to look to move past him. You know, they've, you saw how much they've missed Spinazzola at left-back, but they also need to find someone else who's going to lead this line. And I think they need to change system too. And they also, I think this is a big call. I think they need to move past Lorenzo Insigne as well. Okay. I think the fact now he's got he's going to the MLS, we obviously know now he's he's into that stage of his career. He's he's moved past, you know, he doesn't obviously European football is not a worry for him. Right now it's about, you know, setting himself up for life. He's going to Toronto, he's going to enjoy the rest of his career. But you know what? I don't want him playing for the national team. If he doesn't wow. perform or if he's not if he's going to play for the national team, I don't want him starting. There are guys, Giacomo Raspadori, Federico Chiesa when he's fit, Nicolò Zagnolo. Other players, like I saw this thread from Carlo Garganese talking about the lack of Italian young players. That is the biggest load of bullshit I've ever seen. Because he's looking only at teenagers. Mm. Teenagers aren't playing in most leagues and those teenagers he's pointing to in the Bundesliga and in La Liga are players like who, in the Bundesliga who they've bought from other clubs guys like Jude Bellingham who was already getting minutes at Birmingham. He's comparing them to Pedri and Gavi. We know what Barcelona have been doing. They love to give the kids a go. It's different mm. there. A lot of the and kids they've in got Italy... a wage cap at the moment. The lot of the kids in Italy, they get their opportunities around nineteen, twenty. He's not looking at that gap of about 19 to 23. The, this real promising core that are coming through in midfielders, in attackers that are starting to to blossom. He's only looking at a very small sample size. So for me, there are players to come through. The only area for me that concerns me is, I spoke about ushering on Kilini and Bonucci, is still at centre-back. Because we saw it today, you know, Romagnoli hasn't come through. He hasn't come through and had the impact. He should be the guy that should be taking the next step and really taking the mantles, the next centre-back for Italy with Bastoni. We didn't see Rogani take that step. The centre-back st- stocks are very light. But everywhere else is fine. Mm. It's just there. But there's got to be a change in mentality. There Who, really has to be heading into 2024. It's clear to me that Immobile is incompatible with this system. Yeah. So, and I, and, and I it has been for a while. Yeah, And apparently he's retiring from international football. They, well, there you go. I mean, yeah. they, they got by with him at the Euros. And he shouldn't have played at the Euros. Yeah, he had one good game against, mm. I think it was against Switzerland. He scored a double. Mm. Um, all the other games, he was very much anonymous, and he's missed a lot of good chances in those games. The incision as well.
1: in that team came from players like Insigne, yeah, Chiesa and, and Chiesa. Chiesa. transition moments, Berardi in some games played yeah. very well. It was it was usually from the wingers. Mm. The striker in that system doesn't get the chance to face forward as, as much as. Immobile would like so.
2: I mean, obviously he's retiring. Who inherits that Scamacca. position? Scamacca. He's mm-hmm. the most talented Italian striker they've had since Bellatelli. Naturally talented. He he. he if mm-hmm. he was fit, he would have played. I okay. believe that he would have played. He would have
1: started as well. It was was there a way for for Mancini to accommodate Immobile more effectively? Maybe changing to up top or or even playing with a number ten just closer to him and someone That's... like Pellegrini.
2: That's what I thought Pedro was selected because he plays as a 10 for Cagliari. I mm. genuinely thought the reason why they're playing Jao is, Pedro, not, yeah, Jao Pedro, not yeah, Roma yeah. Pedro. No, no, no. They were going to play Jao Pedro as a 10 in, in the second half, this is, and change and maybe go to a diamond and play Pedro in behind and maybe go Berardi and uh, Immobile up top. Or maybe they would go with Raspadori and Immobile up top. I thought that would have been more effective having him playing with somebody else because he thrives in those moments playing off the shoulder. He's a quick mm. he's a quick forward. Yeah, He's a poacher. He's not a guy who's going to come receive the ball.
1: He has got a terrible first touch. Is he, is he, uh, he Jamie McLaren?
2: Oh, I don't want to go that far, <laughs> but I mean, their records are at club level, very similar. That's what I say. Yeah, right? Similar profile. The only, the only, yeah. The only difference similar is... Similar club records, not actually, successful yeah, for the no, national no, team. No, it's no, not a bad actually, comp, yeah, is it? Yeah. That, no, that actually is a good point. It, it, it's interesting because, you know, in this system as well, the perfect player for this would have been someone like Bellotti and it was proven at the Euros as well, because Bellotti is a great hold-up striker. Mm. He's very physical, good in the air as well. Immobile is not that. I think that, you know, if Italy are going to move forward, if Immobile, even if he doesn't retire and he sticks around, because to be honest, if he's going to keep scoring the way he does at club level, he's going to keep getting selected by Mancini. But he can't be the main number nine anymore if he's going to stick with the 4-3-3. And I don't see it changing. I wanted to go back
1: to that development pipeline issue that you have. And I I concede that that's a skewed sample if you're only looking at teenagers. But is there a, a kernel of truth in it? In there that, is a little in bit. That, in that Italian clubs tend to give the opportunities later. Yeah. That they, there is this historical uh, tendency to blood youth later than some of the other clubs do. And, ho- and yeah. older players, still it is the case that older players tend to play longer in Serie A rather than other leagues where they're forced to retire earlier.
2: Well, I'll, tend to con- I'll, I'll concede on that point to an extent in the sense that you have to remember when you're comparing, as you mentioned, the Serie A to Bundesliga compared to La Liga, mm. players can play for longer in Serie A because of just the general way the game's played. It's a lot more technical. It's not as taxing on the legs. You know, yeah, you see guys, as look look how many players have come back from, say, the MLS, like players like Ribéry, Rib- prolonging his career at and Nani coming back and playing for Venezia. Look at Zlatan, 40 years old and still doing a job in Serie A. You know, we see players really have long careers in Serie A because of, that's just how the league is. It just happens, but there is that trade-off as you mentioned. So a lot of these young guys have to go to Serie B, they have to go to Serie C, they have to go on loan deals and have to get minutes. Is that, that is that an outdated? Do you know the only team mentality? The, I think so to an extent. To an extent, there's only one team that really gives the kids a proper crack, and that's Roma. Roma, sure. one of the only teams recently that have actually started to give minutes. I know we a lot of a lot of them
1: aren't Italian
2: players. Yeah, players. That, that is also the other issue. So, guys like Felix Afenejan, Christian Volpato, <laughs> Eduardo Bove, these players have all seen minutes this year because there's been that opportunity in Roma. Oh, well, Christian Volpado. No, He's he saw, he saw an an he in the Italian youth team. He's in yeah, the Italian youth and, team. So, and so, I guess so we have a to lot of people are now. saying, oh, you know, now that, you know, Volpado, uh, because of all this thing about the future, maybe Italy need Volpato more than. That's that's, that's not true. There's there's a lot more water under that bridge. You know, there's a lot more that has to to play out. But I do think as well that it would be good to see more of these kids getting opportunities. But it's hard at these big clubs, right? Because a lot of these big clubs as well, you've got to remember. Teams like Milan, into Juventus, especially Juventus, they tend to hoard players and have <laughs> they, these loan armies
1: and and co ownership. Well, that's these... that's a thing of the past now. Thank okay, God. Okay. Well, thank God. It used to be co ownership. Now it's Low loans deals, with yeah. obligations to, to buy. buy yeah. And um, yeah. there's a lot of trading and shifting of these young players yeah. and big sort of farm team systems and, and well, armies of players. A, that a lot of these
2: y- young players as well end up getting sold and have buyback clauses. So you see a lot of young, I can, th- there's been a lot of young Milan players, especially that have been sold. They either get, say, get sold to Ligun or to City B or to a lower City I club, but there's a buyback clause that's quite cheap. So once they mature and get those minutes, instead of just farming them out on loans, they make a profit and then bring them back, you know, because they can. So there's, it's an interesting one because with teams like Juventus and stuff, you have to remember as well with them. Their ambition, especially for Juventus, you put themselves in their shoes, their ambition is not only to win Serie A, but it's to finally bloody win a Champions League. And they're not going to do that just with kids. They should be giving more kids minutes. Don't get me wrong, there are some very talented kids at Juventus that aren't seeing minutes. Um, Guys like Luca Meretti, especially comes to mind in a position in midfield that Juventus need to start farming in some youngsters. But... This problem in terms of giving young kids moments when they're really young, given the minutes, it's been a problem going way back. And it even started before, not even just with the young Italians, it's been happening with a lot of players. You think about Pierre Aubameyang. He was in Milan's system mm. for so long. He never saw a minute. Mm. He gets sold to Saint-Étienne. He becomes, he becomes the player he is now. You know, he was stuck behind guys like Pato who got brought in from at seventeen to come into Milan. He got stuck behind, you know, Ronaldo and Ibrahimovic and guys like Bodiello and Ronaldinho, these sort of guys who got brought in over that period of time. So you don't see it as often because I think about the big clubs. You look at Inter, they're not playing too many kids right now. They're they're probably the oldest team in the league. Juventus don't. Milan, the Mm. only kid that sees minutes is Mm. the son of the technical director, Daniel Maldini, and that's very rare. The only kid Milan really gave an opportunity to that I can think of that got a prolonged opportunity was Donnarumma, Mm. 16 years old, thrown in and and they never looked back. So maybe, I think especially for some of the smaller clubs, but the one thing you got to remember with these smaller clubs as well, Josh, is these clubs are poor. We don't know what their youth team setups are like. Sure. We don't know how good these kids are. You know, Have the, are, the, are these kids good enough to actually play in CDR just yet? So it's, it's a really, really hard one because the one thing as well that you've got to remember that's different between City and these leagues too is that a lot of the poor clubs in CDR are freaking poor. It's very different compared to the Premier League. It's different to our league. It's different to mm. the Bundesliga in that instance too. So where to now? Does Mancini
1: stay in the job? I yep. mean, does he, because he won the Euros, does he have enough credit in the
2: bank to go again? Yeah, does he want so. to? I think so. I would be shocked. I think they would have sacked him already. Mm. I think they genuinely would have sacked him already. Ventura got, got the arse within like a day after sure. the Sweden thing. And Ventura, I'm sure, wherever he is. But it's a harder is, decision, right? It's very hard. It's very hard because he's literally won the Euro less than a year ago and he hasn't made the World Cup. So you can look at it from both aspects. And I think there is enough for him to go around again, heading into the Euros in Germany in 2024. There is enough in the bank for him. to just for them to maybe say, okay, well, you don't get, the, you don't get this, this train back on the tracks ASAP. And we're mm-hmm. talking a good start to qualifying. We're talking, you know, some green shoots in the next little bit. I genuinely think that if Italy don't start the next qualification phase with some sort of form, I wouldn't be surprised if we got to start the qualification phase.
1: I think it's difficult for
2: an international manager to build more than one great team. Mm. It is hard because think about it. You look back at some of the best teams, Josh, over the past. Let's, let's go since 2000. Bar Spain from 2008 to 2012, how many teams have been able to do it beyond one cycle? Mm. Because Germany, 2014, then they, they, they really bombed out after that. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, you know
1: If you look at all of the, the World Cup winners, I mean, Brazil failed in 2006. And one, yeah. 102 failed in 2006. Italy won in oh six, in knocked out in the group stage in 2010. Spain won it in 2010, knocked, knocked out in, in the group stage in 2014.
2: <laughs> Germany knocked out in the group, group stage, stage in, so in 2018. So what's that going to say about France? Well... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're potentially at the end. Of, well, I mean, players-wise, they shouldn't be at the end of their, of their life cycle, but coaching-wise, they should be. Mm. I think it's it. The, for, did you Actually, it goes shop? even further back than that. France, 98, knocked down in the group stage yeah. of 2002. It's an incredible pattern. The only team, the last one was Brazil in 94, and then 98, they made the final. Yep. And obviously we all know what happened in that final with Ronaldo and, you know, the fact that they well, I don't lost think we do know what happened in that final. No, I think that's no. the well, issue. Yes, yeah. yeah, so I can take yeah, your point. It, it, but it's, it is an interesting one because it's like you have to capitalise in that point because I feel like this was it for Italy mm. to an extent. In that they've, got the, they've got the cattle. There's no issue about cattle in most areas. But it's whether, you know, can they do it again with the same system because teams become predictable. Teams need to adapt. Teams need to change. Teams worked out Spain. Teams worked out Germany very quickly. Mm. France got worked out at the Euros this year very quickly, last year, very quickly as well. Italy got worked out now as well. So you know what? It, it's just international football's a weird beast, Josh. Teams don't play as regularly, so the sample size is not as mm, great. Sure. So it's hard to almost change system as well in the same coach because you don't get as much time with them. I do think, though, look, if Mancini got sacked, if he did, and say they brought someone in who would be able to give – Italy a bit of bit of something new. I would love to see Dzadik be given the keys. I would love it because that guy would make Italy the most exciting team that we have seen in a, ever ever. Is he terminated his contract in Ukraine? I don't know what the guy is with him in Donetsk at the moment. I actually am not sure. I think he's still coach technically, but yeah. I don't. It's a tough one with him. But other than that, it gets because I don't think Sadi is going to be next. Conte's mm. done it. I don't know if he'd want to go back you know, then it really falls down to two other two others or three others. I mean, they want Cannavaro, but I think that's a, an emotional choice. I don't think that's a logical choice considering he's not coached in Serie A. He's been coaching in China and, you know, he's never actually coached in the big leagues. And
1: coaching Guangzhou Evan Grand is... In the Chinese Super League, that's dying before our eyes. Well, it was when they were on top and before, you know, it, I think they're called... Um... Yeah. before they they had the financial troubles and everything, like uh I it wasn't as much of a challenge really, because you just got so much spending power. Yeah. And it's you're basically relying on your foreign player recruitment and they had amazing foreigners like Anderson Talisca, who were just miles and better you know, than the rest had, players in the
2: league. They even had guys like, you know, Diamante and <laughs> they had uh Gillardino. They had a bloody good team. But yeah, but yeah, then it really comes down to two others. It's because Allegri's not going to get it. I, I do not want to see Allegri's terrorismo in the, in, the, in the national team. I know a lot of people do, mm. but him going backwards and going back to pragmatic football, I don't want to see it. Two other choices. As you mentioned, Stefano Pioli or Simone Inzaghi. I don't think Inzaghi will because he's just coming at Inter, mm-hmm. but Stefano Pioli has this ability. Look, for his tactical flaws... He is an unbelievable man manager. I think he also has at Milan got
1: more out of you know they're more than the sum of their parts a lot of the time. Yeah, you know we we have little nitpicks here and there with midfield selections and so forth, but overall, I think you have, you have to say well he's done a very spot. good job, and he's been able to bring through a fairly inexperienced group of players and have a good balance of you know a few veterans with. Yeah, quite a young, inexperienced team. At, both in the sense of their age, but also yeah. you know coming into the Champions League for mm. the first time. You know they were they're a little bit under but he he makes it work, and I think when you've got that resourcefulness as an yeah.
2: international manager, I think that's very useful because, of course, you can't. You don't have any spending yeah, power to and, sign anybody. And think about it. Mancini is never really, in recent time, when you look at his club level, so I know he's a different mm. coach to what he was when he was at Inter at Man City. He's a much better coach than he was he's back then. He's a different back. person, to be very honest. Very different Mel- person, Mellowed too. out a yeah, lot. lot yeah, he's a lot he He's a lot more this, he might have a bit of a relapse. Might see, we might see angry Roberto again. But, um, you know, he's never really – Purely comes from very humble backgrounds. He had to work his Mm. way through the pyramid. Like he came from City Chair, Serie B, coached a lot of mid-table Serie A teams. He coached Lazio for a bit. That was like an inter for a very small period of time. It didn't work out for him. He kind of had to go backwards to go forwards again. He almost got Fiorentina relegated before he went to Milan. And He's changed. Mancini's coached a lot of big teams. He's had a lot. He had bloody Man City backing him, so he could go and sign whoever he wanted. At Inter, Mm. he had a lot of money. He had a lot of very good players as well, both times. Galatasaray, he had a lot of, you know, resources as well. So he's never really been in a situation where, you know, resources haven't been at the plenty. And I think that Mm. Pioli does, as you said, very well with what he's got. And he's done that since day one at Milan. He has turned what was one of the worst Milan teams in history into. Title contender, a team that right now, with two months to go in the season, they're on their way to winning the Scudetto. Equally, you see what happens when an international coach wins a tournament
1: is they usually decide when they leave. Yeah, you know, Yogi Low being the prime example of that. Mm. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, uh, I think, think we'll salve with salve. a big, big rethink before we go to a break. I think I, I do want to salute. A yes. few of the Macedonian players who really stood up to the occasion. Without
2: Alfie Elmas as well. Exactly. That's one thing exactly. to remember. Yeah.
1: They they were short of their best player. Um Ennis Bardi was, I think, outstanding in the moments where he could oh, get he the was ball fantastic. and influence the game. Yeah. He had a couple of mazy runs that cut through multiple players. Ademi shielding mm. the back four, I thought was unbelievable until he came off. Uh, obviously the centre backs, Velkovsky and, and and Musliu, but Demis Triefsky in in between the sticks was unbelievable <laughs> and you know they've got a few players playing at a decent level now now he's at via uh, Ryvacano so mm. You know they've got a few players playing in Spain. You know they've got a guy at Dinamo. Alioski at left back as well. Exactly. was Very
2: good. You know former Leeds left back.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I still think he can be suspect defensively. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't think Italy tested him enough. Uh, you, you go back to Florenzi being the selection at right back. Don't think he him playing there made the most of no. potential defensive frailty for Alioski, but he he did play well. So you just got to salute this team and their yeah. defensive discipline and being able to just keep their heads when you're under siege for 87 out of 90 minutes. Um, look, there's a lot of belief in that team now. Can they do it again and beat Portugal? In Lisbon? It would with be, Elmas back? It would be incredible, but confidence is an amazing thing. Like Portugal, You never know. Portugal have got an anchor around their neck in uh, one man that they have to play no matter what, yeah. and they might be better off without him, but, you know... I've got,
2: I've got a he prediction, can't, can't drop him? I've got a prediction. Ooh. I honestly think this game is going beyond 90 minutes. Because yep. I think the armoured tortoise that is Macedonia <laughs> is going to keep him out if Ronaldo's on the pitch. I think they're going to frustrate the absolute living daylights out of him. I think the one player, there's a few players you've got to be worried about, but one guy who, when I went back and watched the highlights, that was very good for Portugal, was Rafael Liao. Mm. Came on, got an assist, helped change that game when Turkey were pressing. He's one guy they've got to really look out for considering the form he's in. I think it might be a bridge too far for them. But if they could just stay in it, I would not put it past them. If they get through, though, Josh, i got to ask you this question. Does Goran Pandev come out of international <laughs> retirement? I feel like he has to. I feel like he's got to. Ooh, for wonder. one last dance. Retires for good after the World Cup. Just like, you know what, get mm. him out there. This is He doesn't even have to play. But Just have one, one, one five-minute
1: cameo yeah. substitute appearance, we're, I think.
2: We're not talking Tim Cahill at Russia. Mm. We're talking this guy's still doing a job. He's actually doing all right for Padma at the moment. Exactly. In, in it's not like he's playing poorly, and it's Goran freaking Pandev, for God's sake. This guy lives and bleeds this team.
1: I, you got to do it.
2: you got to do it. Just You have to. Like, if they get
1: to the World Cup, realistically, they're going to
2: probably go yeah, out. It's
1: going to be tough to go out of the group. They're going to be happy to be there, let's yeah. say. Yeah. It would be incredible for them to even get there. This country is smaller than Tasmania. It's two
2: million, less than two million people. They have as many people, and incredible have soccer players, in An
1: incredibly country. poor country as well. Yeah. You know, there is a lot of poverty, and um, you know, young people without opportunities, and so forth. So they've got incredible football culture, uh, but you know, sometimes the young players they go off the rails. This is what I've yeah. been told, anyway. They, you know, in terms of discipline and so forth, because you know they're not in a supportive environment. Mm. So it's incredible for them to be able to even put together a competitive national team, let alone knock off a superpower like Italy. It's very, very special. So whatever happens against Portugal, I think it's still an incredibly proud moment. I I hope they can do it again. I think Elmas coming back is a massive Massive, boost. And I don't think Portugal are better than the sum of their parts. I think they've got an incredible squad on paper but still a little bit weak defensively. They're still playing Jose Font at centre-back. You know, this it's, it's yep. a little bit leaky back there. I, still Ronaldo up front seems to dictate everything. I, I think Portugal are not as good on the pitch as they are on paper, yep. and therefore Macedonia have a chance. If they got there, Pandev out of retirement is a no-brainer. If he wants to do it, it's you've got to get in there.
2: Yeah. Um, one last thing I just got to say, I hope that uh, Blagoya uh, Malevsky shaves his head
0: because <laughs> that hairline, I'm sorry, Blagoya, but
2: there's a lot that is thinning bad. And I was noticed, it was so noticeable when he put his head down. I'm like, come on, man. I love you as a manager, but come on this, it's time to go. <laughs> in, the words of, in the words of the great, um, it, was, it wasn't Andy Tate. It was who said the famous it's time to go from Arsenal fan team? Yeah. He had a pretty, he did a pretty short haircut yeah. on the sideline, It was yeah. just like, it's got to all go though. I think I think, it, I, I think he already has shaved it. Yeah, it was, yeah, just, it it was just a bit thinning, of regrowth. It's growing back. It was a bit of regrowth, yeah. I think. Um, But yes, in terms of the rest of the games, we'll dive into the all of that a little bit later, but to keep an eye on it, in terms of pointless games, Italy's actually playing again against Turkey because it's the losers that have to now go and play against each other in you know, a meaningless friendly as well on Wednesday. So talk about just – it's like as pointless as a third, fourth place playoff really um, at the moment. But we'll leave it for there. We'll come back. We'll have a look ahead to this weekend. Club football's back. We'll talk a little bit about some of the other national teams that were in action. I want, I want to talk about Gareth Wales. Yes, yeah. Gareth Wales, stunning free kick back in action, not playing golf, but this time potentially – potentially, I don't want to say it because we've got a Scotsman out there who may have to play them in June when they meet again – if they can get past the Ukraine, that is. Come up against Scotland versus Wales. Maybe Wales are on their way to the World Cup. Who knows? Who Wales. knows? Maybe the Gareth Bale just playing for the national team might be the best way forward for the Welsh national team. I love we'll it. will talk about that a little bit later on. Back in a sec here on the Euro Show.